The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I am Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jalinch. Together, we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth and your addiction recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions or comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Be sure that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show is titled One Thing at a Time. When we get into addiction recovery, we learn to be mindful of our actions. We hear the phrase, do the next right thing, which sounds like a great idea, but what does that actually mean? How are we supposed to know what the next right thing is anyway? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on moving from aimlessness to freedom by doing the next right thing. Yes, so we want to share with you today what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with the spiritual tools or principles that helped guide us through the tough times. We certainly hope you will find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. So today we're going to be talking about moving from aimlessness to freedom through the principle of doing the next right thing. And when I think about what is what did aimless, aimlessness look like for me, um, I don't think I felt aimless at the time. But uh, at this point uh, in my recovery journey, I I do I can look back and see that I was relatively aimless. Um, you know, I there were things like I I felt like I was uh, overly attached to material goals. You know, I didn't really have a spiritual life to speak of. Um, and so my sort of, um, what do we call it? A, an outline, a blueprint for living, a design for living yeah. was more, you know, was, was not very, was not a very broad view like I have now that I, um, see my life as, and, uh, conduct myself on a spiritual journey, which is a, you know, a whole other way of being than, and sort of just like what is going on at work this week or, you know, how, how things going 
uh, can I get a new car and all that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have called it aimlessness then, but right. now that I feel like I have sort of a, what I would call an organizing principle to me, spiritual principles are, are organizing principles for my life. Um, and, and even though there's some organization or perhaps, I don't even know if I'd call it structure, um, because I'm still fairly unstructured as a person, Yeah. but that, you know, that's, I feel more aimed. Is that what the opposite of aimless aimful? I'm more yeah. aimful now. I, I agree with you that I don't think I would have characterized myself as being aimless before, but it's a different kind of aim, right? Like my life prior to getting sober was very driven by um, achievement. You know, it was what was the next thing that I was to achieve, the next accolade I was trying to receive, um, the next, you know, goal I was trying to meet. And of course, you know, as a young person, that was um, mostly, you know, school related. So it was getting, you know, getting the degree or whatever, getting, and then getting that job and stuff. Um, so it was very much, um, it was very much outwardly focused. That was my purpose. And, you know, it's not a bad purpose to have when you're in university age, right? Cause it pushed me through those, um, those phases so that I, you know, did get those things, which served me later. So it wasn't entirely bad, Sometimes I wish I had a little bit of that old drive back because today I just can't muster it up in the same way, you know? <laughs> Not quite the same. But the difference is I had no spiritual life. Um, I can remember having a little mini crisis when I was going to finish my bachelor's degree because I had no idea what I was going to do with that bachelor's degree and I couldn't decide what my next step was. And I spent a few months, you know, of my senior year in college floundering around trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, the process that, you know, I think I went to see a career counselor and, you know, did some testing, things like that, trying to figure out what, what I was supposed to do. But the thing was, I had no spiritual life. So I had no God to, uh, to seek guidance. I had no, um, you know, I had no prayer practice or any way to sort of discern what we're going to be talking about today, which is what is mine to do? What is mine to do next? I had no way to discern that except the intellect. And so I, you know, would get myself in these conundrums where I was trying to figure out intellectually what to do with my life, but there was no spiritual piece to it. And we'll be talking more about this later, but the difference now is that, you know, irrespective of what things I'm actually going to be doing next, I have, like you said, an overall organizing guiding principle in my life, which is my spiritual purpose. Everything else is in service to my spiritual purpose. And I, you know, did not have that before. So I'd had nothing organizing my life, just the next achievement. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, you shared some things like, it's not that I had no goals, you know, I wasn't just walking in circles right. in my life. I, you know, always had something or other on my mind, some other, some accomplishment probably. Um, but you know, the, they were all sort of, um, I don't know, small, they look small now, you know, co compared to a, what I feel is a broader, um, life I don't know, worldview, life view, universe view. I'm not sure what. I know that back then I um, had a sort of a sense of detachment 
um, that was always just kind of there and it always had been there. So I didn't really realize it for what it was, but you know, that didn't help with, uh, kind of being broadly in a broad sense, kind of aimless in life is that whatever it is I was doing, you know, and it might've had something to do with family and close friends, but there was no sense of, you know, being a force for good in the world sort of thing. It was more like, just don't be a jerk. You know, that was sort of like, don't, don't be, don't be a evil or bad person. And that's a completely different, I mean, that's a great thing to hold too, but that's a completely different thing to making a commitment to showing up as a healing presence in the world, whatever that looks like, you know, as an ongoing practice and practice is the word of course. Um, but that, you know, having something like that as an organizing principle is very different than, um, you know, aspiring to go to the beach for an additional week that year or, you know, right. I don't even know what, go to a cool restaurant. I'm not sure. <laughs> I still want to do those things, but they're not, <laughs> it's not only those things. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just thinking about this, that, you know, w w not having that um, spiritual compass in my life uh, made me feel like I had to figure everything out myself. So life was a puzzle that I had to figure out. So like I said, when I mentioned, you know, I was trying to figure out what to do next. Um, there was this sense that there was some right thing for me to do. I just had to figure out what that was. And I was trying to figure it out intellectually. And so that's what caused a lot of stress for me because I felt like I could make a mistake. I could choose the wrong thing. Now I have a totally different way where I believe that there, I can't make a mistake. I can't choose the wrong thing. Um, I'm spiritually guided to do what's next, but um, even if I, somehow chose the wrong thing that would just become part of my spiritual growth anyway but I didn't have that before and so there was a lot of fear and worry about making the wrong choice because I had no God on board I was doing it my I was it was this sense of like I have to figure out my life all by myself and so I had a lot of fear you know fear about the future fear about making the wrong choice about things fear about what was going to happen how things were going to turn out fear of economic insecurity. Fear, I mean, just all of it, you know, was um, very fear-based for me because I just had a totally different outlook. You know, it was like we talk about the self-will run riot. You know, I was yeah. single-handedly powering myself through my life, but without any God or higher power or anything on board. Yeah, I also had that um, general idea that I didn't question that I have to, I have to figure stuff out. And if anything's going to happen, I have to make it happen. And it is a very self-centered way of being in the world. And, um, you know, it's an uncomfortable way of being in the world. It's and a I, lonely I, way, right? Yes. I strongly prefer, uh, the way that I show up now yeah. over the way that I did then. Um, because for those very things that you're pointing at, like it, it's almost summed up by the, the idea that says, if I don't worry about this, then something really bad might happen, yes. which means that I 
feel the need to constantly be on alert. And what if I make a mistake? And what if I get this wrong? What if I miss an opportunity? You know, all this stuff as if, you know, as if the, the, my life is a train that's going to stop at the station and I have to make sure I'm at the station or else yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to miss out. Yeah. Fear of missing out. Yes. All that FOMO fear of yeah. missing out. Um, cause we see, uh, all the cool stuff. Apparently everyone else on Instagram has a perfect life except <laughs> me. I just yeah. have a regular oh life, oh, right? Yes. They're all mountain climbing and going to the Eiffel tower and you know, <laughs> whatever it is, making amazing looking food yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah. So one way that aimlessness, uh, showed up in my life was along those lines that I was just sort of chasing the next fear, if you will, or chasing what I felt might be the solution to the next fear, yeah. which sounds a lot like what you were describing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a common thing. Uh, it's basically, you know, for me, at least, it was the difference between having a God or not having a God. If I don't have a God or a higher power in my life, then I am solely responsible for everything that happens. And I've got to control everything and try and make everything come out right. You know, like I said, it's like trying to solve a puzzle and not having all the information and feeling like I could possibly mess up and do the wrong thing. Um, so that was a, a very lonely way of being in the world too, because it was basically just me against the world. I didn't have any spiritual guidance, you know, and I, and now I feel totally differently. And I know we'll be talking about that more in just a moment, but, um, definitely a lot of fear and worry and forcing things, trying to plan, figure out, control the outcomes, make things come out right, basically. You know, I've got to make it come out right. And that's very stressful. Yeah, I just thought of, um, it was almost like life was a puzzle, but I didn't have the picture on the box. Yeah. And I wasn't even sure if I had all the pieces, because what if I screwed up and lost some of the pieces? And what where it ended up going, and yes, we will talk about this. It's more like life is a big box of Legos. You, I can make whatever I want out of it. And so, well, what if you don't use all the pieces? Who cares? Yeah. There, there's no rule that says you have to use all the pieces. Right. When you've just got a, it's more of a free form thing than the idea that there's a finished product. I yeah. just don't know what it is. Well, let's uh, move into the solution as we like to do. We've talked a lot here about aimlessness and all of its, the variety of ways that it shows up, but uh, what is the solution that we're going to move into? Well, in Unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles, thank God, and the spiritual principle that we're sort of talking about that really helped us move out of that aimlessness into a life of freedom is the power of order, or as we say in recovery, doing the next right thing. But how do we know what the next right thing is anyway? That always perplexed me, especially early on in recovery. It sounds like a great idea, um, but how, Michelle, how do we know what the next right thing, what does that even mean? So I was going to say, let's break that down a little bit because right is, it could be a problematic term because we, I certainly, at least for myself, don't want to be implying that there is a right thing to do and a wrong thing to do um, because that gets me back to that black and white thinking and that, you know, I've got to figure out what the right thing is as if I were the all seeing, all knowing God, you know, and that's for me as an alcoholic, that's not a good 
place for me. <laughs> um, so there is no right or wrong thing to do, in my opinion. Um, but the next right thing, we also sometimes call it the next indicated thing. And so there's there's two parts to this. One is, you know, seeking spiritual guidance, obviously. Using par prayer and meditation, our ability to turn within, connect with spirit, to spiritually discern what is ours to do. The other piece of this is that it's the next thing, which is, for me, is about focusing on what is next instead of getting way out in the future. You know, I just gave a talk this past Sunday on um, one, you know, one day at a time and being in the present moment. And um, that's something I began learning about in the 12-step program and then, of course, learned more about it in Unity and such. But, um, you know, we have this one day at a time and just do the next indicated thing. So you don't have to know how it's all going to turn out. You know, I don't have to have the whole thing figured out. I don't have to have the whole thing planned out. I need to just do whatever is presenting itself to me next. So it's a way of staying in the present moment and not getting too far out in the future. And the way it ultimately works is that you do that next thing. And then the thing after that is then indicated to you, you know, so you're just sticking with what's in front of you right now rather than trying to understand the whole picture it's like like for the puzzle analogy you know find the next piece that fits instead of like suddenly trying to figure out what the whole picture is supposed to look like yeah i definitely resonate with that and i'm, I'm glad you said that because we do talk about doing the next right thing but that doesn't mean to do the next correct thing uh, as yeah, if okay. there is one correct thing to do. And once right. again, my job is to magically know, you know, and, right. and that also for me, that's a trap and that's yes. not, and I don't think it's true at all. I think it's a, um, uh, you know, a, a way that the world can look. If I look at the world through a sense of fear that I'm, you know, I'm not okay and I don't know what to do and I don't know how this works and I'm going to be in trouble if I don't, uh, somehow um, figure it out and get it right. Yeah. So yeah, the next right thing does not mean to me the next correct thing. And I like your term, the next indicated thing. Yeah. You know, the next, um, I don't think I have a better word for it than, than that. You know, yeah. what, what seems, um, I don't know, good and right uh, as opposed yeah. to correct. I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah. And, you know, this, this whole next right thing. And, and I, it doesn't, it, it does not say or even imply I have to know all of the next right things after that. Nope. Cause that's somewhere I would get stuck as I would not feel comfortable taking uh, what might feel like a, the first step if I didn't know where all this was going. Right. And that's very limiting. And I had to learn uh, over over time here on the recovery and spiritual growth journey to just that I don't need to worry about steps two, three, four, and five. I mean, when I'm taking, when I'm taking one step, I might have a somewhat of a sense of what two and three could be, but it's important for me to, not to focus on that, just to keep my head where my feet are, as we say, stay here in the present moment. Yes. And do the next indicated thing knowing that when I do that, 
everything shifts, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot, who knows? Everything shifts and it's a, it's a new moment. It's no longer where I was before. So the idea of trying to figure out everything ahead of time uh, starts to seem kind of silly to me when I realize that that's not only is it not necessary for me, it's not helpful. Um, and it's in fact, da- a damaging way for me to look at the world, you know, it keeps me stuck. Right. It keeps me sick, as we say, or it keeps me, um, you know, living from a place where I'm just worried all the time. Like I'm going to, I'm going to screw it up. And I love what you said before. I can't make a mistake No, because to call it a mistake, that's a decision that I've made. Even if someone else tells me I've made a mistake, that's a decision they're making. You know, how do you know it's what, why is it a mistake? Why isn't it just an, uh, you know, an unanticipated outcome? And even if it's difficult, that does not mean that wonderful things aren't coming that would not have come without it. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe that. Yeah. So doing, taking this way of living, of doing, you know, the next indicated thing and seeking spiritual guidance in all matters of my life, in all decisions, there's a few things that are sort of, um, you know, that takes for granted certain things. And one of the things for me, at least, is that I have come to believe in a benign, loving universe that wants to conspire for my good, that is conspiring for me to express more of my divinity, more of God's love, more of God's goodness into the world. So that's my worldview, or not even world, that's my universe view. That's how I choose to believe that the universe works. And so like that, that goes to many things, the idea that you can't make a mistake. And it, it's not the same as I'm not saying that like my future is predestined and the universe is just sort of guiding me through to do, you know, I, I don't know how all that works and I don't really even need to. Um, I just know that for me, it does work that way. And so assuming the universe is somehow conspiring for my good. There are so many things that have to fall into place in order for me to do the next thing. And sometimes the, the, the things aren't ready. You know, I want to get way out to the big step and the universe isn't ready for that yet. The other things that needed to fall into place haven't happened yet. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm thinking about the way I came to my call to ministry. You know, I just kept doing the next thing that I was asked to do. My senior minister, Vicki, asked me to fill in for her. I thought she was nuts, but I was being asked to do something, and I was taught well in 12-step program that, you know, when, let's not say never say no, because I don't like the connotations of that, but whenever possible, say yes to a spiritual request. Let's put it like that. And so I said yes, you know, and then I got asked to do it again. And then I got presented with a chance to take a C class. And then, and, and I didn't know where this was all going at the time. I didn't know. I just kept doing the next thing that seemed to be indicated. Then I had this opportunity where it was like, you know, I was going to go to um, Mesa, Arizona and do a C week, do a whole intensive C week. And at that time, I still had no idea I was going to be going to seminary. I thought I was being called to be a LUT or to us, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I didn't, it just hadn't all shaken down yet. It wasn't all every, I, I feel like it's like the, the universe, all of these things were 
falling into place. They were all accommodating themselves, getting into place for, for the next thing to be revealed to me. You know how we say also in, um, 12 step more will be revealed. Oh, yeah. That's a big part of this too. It will be for whatever reason, spirit or the universe or whatever doesn't reveal everything to us at once. Probably, you know, we couldn't handle it all at once. Sort of gives it to us in bits. You know, if if at the very beginning of that journey, like the voice of God had said to me, go to seminary, Michelle, I would have said, you're nuts, you know. But all these other pieces all these things had to happen first and it kept being revealed to me little by little by little i just kept doing the next thing i kept doing saying yes to spiritual requests will you will you speak again yes i will will you go and do this thing yes i will you know and then it it just became clear to me over time it just unfolded unfolded is is the key word you know rather than forcing things to happen or making things happen i've learned to let life unfold that's a great phrase. I love that phrase, letting letting things unfold as they do. You know, I've learned along the way somewhere that the universe in, is very much like a mirror. Like mm-hmm. whatever I'm looking for, that is what I will find. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking for mistakes and trying to avoid mistakes, and if I'm looking for the idea that there's some grand plan, I just don't know what it is, but I better be careful, then that's exactly what I'm going to find. But also, if I'm looking at the universe as you shared, as a benevolent place that conspires to support me in my growth, in my life, then that is what I will find. And if I look, if I take the point of view that I will know when it's time to take action, I will know and I will know what action to take. Mm-hmm. If I choose that point of view, then that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And so in a, in a way, I, I learned through addiction recovery to make different choices, you know, choices that serve me far better than um, my, old, my old ways of being. And I have talked before, but I'll share briefly again that my... My entree, my introduction to this concept of internal guidance or spiritual guidance was in the form of firewalking workshops. And the guidance was, the instruction was that you will know what to do when you, when you get down to the fire. Not, not before, not in the workshop while the fire is wow. burning down, but when you are there and only in that moment, you will know if it's yours to do or not. Wow. I was like, dang, you know, <laughs> I'd never yeah. encountered anything like that in my life, but yeah. uh, my instruct, my teacher was right. I wow. knew. And I, I didn't, you know, I just, I just sort of like, okay, I'm, I'll just pretend that that's how it is and see what happens. And, yeah. and man, it worked out. But wow. let us hold that thought because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Please stay with us. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back indeed. We are glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jalinch. We will resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. Yes. So prior to the break, we were discussing aimlessness, uh, sort of maybe not having a real purpose in life. And then we moved into talking about this idea of doing the next right thing and what that looks like. And so now we're going to we're going to talk more about that, including, you know, continuing talking about how do we know what the next right thing to do is. So when I think about that, I'm reminded that um, I have a friend that has a tattoo and the tattoo says, discipline is freedom. And that always seemed contrary to me. Yeah. Like, because to me, and it still kind of does, you know, discipline seems um, restrictive. Mm -hmm. But I think the wisdom in that saying about discipline is freedom is like if the discipline is always returning to being open and seeking guidance about what is the next right thing to do and then following that guidance with integrity, it takes discipline to do that, to keep coming back and being open and then to to take action when action is accorded. Now, we didn't say it yet, I don't think today, but uh, I know that you and I both know that sometimes the next right thing to do is nothing. Mm. In fact, that's not unusual at all for it to be nothing. And if I am, you know, turning within, seeking uh, divine guidance, as I have learned to do over time, starting with firewalking that I, that I shared about, um, if I am turning within, seeking guidance, I might feel like I've got nothing coming back. That doesn't mean it's not working. It means that nothing is the next indicated thing to do. Yeah. There's not, you know, life is not only a sum of actions. Action is important, but so is discernment, and so is being, and so is downtime. I've heard I heard recently a wonderful way of characterizing like a mindfulness meditation, the kind of prayer that we do in unity is to let my awareness rest. Mm-hmm. Now, I always, my go-to is focus on my breathing mm-hmm. because that has worked for me. I, I know I'm learning that doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. It might have to be a different kind of thing, but whatever it is, I'm letting my awareness rest instead of, you know, maybe uh, my, my in-laws used to have this dog that would chase every car down the street until it could not possibly chase it anymore. Oh, that is such That's a metaphor. How, that's how I feel like my mind works with yeah. that, all that chatter, you know, that endless yes. monologue. Like I'm just so, I'm so focused on it that I think that that's who I am. Yeah. Well, it's not who I am. And I can let my awareness rest and stop following that um, endless chatter like, like it all, always has. So discipline is freedom when I have the discipline to return my attention to resting when it's time to do that, to return to discerning what is good and right for me in this moment and and um, return to taking action when action is indicated, which yeah. is not all the time. It's sometimes. 
Right. Okay, I'm so going to pilfer that metaphor from you because I'm doing a, a meditation challenge right now in my congregation through Lent, and I'm going to tell them that metaphor about, you know, you don't have to chase down every thought that yeah. crosses by, you know. It's, a, it's right. a great metaphor about the dog chasing every car that goes by. I like that. Totally. Yeah, uh, there's so much to unpack here. Um, want to talk about how how... You know, this was the question we sort of laid out at the beginning. How do I know what the next right thing to do is? Um, good question. I'm not even 100% entirely sure. I think it might be different for everyone. You know, I've heard of folks that actually do get like sort of prophetic messages. Maybe they get a, I don't know, they get some sort of seeming message from the universe or literally hear a voice or have a prophetic dream or something like that. Um, that's not typically the way it happens for me. It seems to be much more subtle. If you get, if you hear a voice, God bless you. I would much rather have a voice tell me exactly what to do next than to have to try to discern it in a more subtle way because it's tough. Me too. Um, yeah. And so there's this, you know, intuition thing that we have and uh, that can mean different things to different people. But in unity, we like to talk about it as an inner knowing. Um, and I believe that could be different for everyone. Could be a feeling in your gut at the solar plexus. It could be, um, I don't know, it could be a lot of different things. But it's yeah. its the way that we know without knowing how we know. We just know. Um, but sometimes for me, I don't even really, quote unquote, know. Like sometimes I have to make a decision and I'm really not super clear. Like I didn't get a real clear, you know, do this or do that. And so sometimes for me, the way I know what the next right thing is, is what did I do? What did I ultimately choose to do? I watch myself starting to do it. Like, let's say I'm trying to choose between two different things and I'm just stuck. I can't decide which is the thing I'm supposed to do. I sort of just watch what I do, watch what ends up happening. Um, and I find myself choosing one or the other and I go, well, the one I chose must have been the next right thing. Now, does that mean it may be that that thing doesn't pan out and I end up back at the other thing? Because that's happened to me also. Does that mean I made the wrong choice? No, I made the choice that for whatever reason I was compelled. It's like being compelled from within. You know, and I'm not even really sure what it is that's compelling me. I just feel like, well, you know what? This is the one I'm going to choose. And I do it. And to me, that is the indicated thing because there was something in me that pushed me to that. In other words, without really getting an actual literal, you know, answer to guidance, you know, like do this or whatever. I kind of just see what happens. And then seeing what happens is another way that I actually really do do things sometimes. If I'm really stuck and can't make a choice, I just wait and see what happens. Sometimes one or the other thing will just fall off naturally on its own. It just fizzles out or it doesn't pan out or it removes itself, you know? And so that's what I was talking about when I said this idea of letting life unfold. So before sobriety and before unity, I was not that way. I was out there forcing life, doing life, making life happen, make, you know, this, this, you know, self-will. Um, now I watch what happens. I watch what unfolds. I watch what things present themselves to me. I check in and I watch my feelings about things. 
you know, even sometimes people will say, well, make a choice and then see how it feels, you know, there's, there's so many different ways that we can do it, but paying attention to what's happening to me, um, you know, interiorly, what's happening inside me as I think about one choice or another, and which thing seems to be coming to me more easily. So again, there's this concept of letting things come to me rather than me chasing after them or making them happen. Yes. You know, I may be over here thinking I'm choosing this one thing, and yet on the other side, I keep being presented with these opportunities. And it's like, I need to pay attention. You know, this thing over here is really trying to come to me effortlessly, but I'm still over here chasing this other thing. So it's something that I think is very personal and we sort of have to work out for ourselves over time, but it all comes down to seeking guidance and paying attention to ourselves and what we're feeling and, and what's happening around us. Yeah, and, and what I learned uh... For, for my own self, and I also have heard from others that the way that that sort of internal guidance shows up is different for yeah. different people. I have a teacher that um, shared how it's always like a, as if it was a voice. You know, it's not a literal voice, but that's how she experienced it. That's just yeah. like it was a voice, and that's yeah. not how it is for me at all. For me, it's a it's a sort of a gut level knowing. You know, mm -hmm. it's wordless. It's, but it's very clear. It's not unclear. It's, it's abundantly clear, but it's not expressed in terms of words or even, you know, it's not like directions or plans, you know, like you get out the, the mac and cheese from the freezer and I turn it over and find the microwave instructions, right? Number one, do this. Number two, do this. It's not like that at all. It's just, I didn't know. And now I do. Yes. And, and I didn't know, and now I am, I've gone past, I'm completely out of anything that would, that I could even characterize as decision. It's like, it's like what happened when I accepted the invitation um, for the pulpit at Unity of Augusta, Georgia, where I'm the minister. Uh, I didn't decide to do that. There came a moment and I knew I was doing it. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. to describe it other than yeah. that. One half you, second ago, right? I didn't. And all of a sudden, I knew I was doing it. Yeah. I didn't decide. Didn't yeah. need to. And I that's, you know, that. and, and, and that doesn't happen every day. I mean, I just, I just made a sandwich before we got together. And, you know, I didn't, the clouds didn't part. You know, I didn't feel like I had a. The uh, sandwich didn't just unfold in front right, of you. It's like, I, oh, I'm making a sandwich. It's divine uh, guidance. You know, I just said, I'm hungry. I'm going to make a sandwich. That's all I needed, you know, <laughs> at the time. But I, I do want to say again, something you had shared about this idea of making mistake. Like, you know, should I do this or should I do that? Oh, I'm not sure. Well, why don't I chill out for a minute? Yes. You know, let my awareness rest yes. for a minute. And I think even the, the, the our, our um, recovery literature uses the phrase kick back, you know, just just relax, just chill out and see what comes up and then do whatever seems right at that time. Well, what if I what if I'm wrong? You can't be wrong no. when you approach it that way. Right. You can't. And even if you go down like you feel like I've got I could go this way or I could go that way. Well, I'm going to, I'm at a fork in the road. I could go to the right or the left. Okay. I'm going to go to the right. So I do that for a while. It's like, oh man, this is something that doesn't feel right about this. Yeah. 
So I'm going to go back to the fork in the road. And I'm going to go left. And yeah. I might think I made a mistake. No, I did no. not. I did not exactly what I needed to do because there was something for me That's down right. that right-hand path. Yes. And maybe I'm not aware of it now, but I will be later. But there was something that I needed that, that required me going down that path. And even if I, quote, backtrack, come to the decision point and go the other way, it's not like I didn't lose time. I didn't make a mistake. I just had some experiences that will benefit me moving forward. And that is as much a, a way of, um, you know, choosing a way of, of thinking than, than anything, Right. I, I can decide that the universe is hostile and I better worry about things or else I'm going to be in trouble. And that's exactly what I will find. Yeah. Or, like you said, I can decide that the universe conspires to support me and I will know what to do when it's time. And I, that will change. And that's fine, too. And all all is well. And that is what I will find. That seemed so incredible to me when I first started learning these concepts. It seemed pretty unbelievable, but I can say that it has absolutely panned out for me for, you know, almost 26 years now. It has absolutely panned out, has absolutely gone that way. Um, so there's this, this taking this method of, you know, di discerning and deciding what to do next and such, it does presuppose a certain view of how things work in this universe and that is that all things are working together for our good and that divine order does exist and um and like i said for me everybody might have a different way that they put it in a nutshell that makes sense to them my go-to is something i got from emily katie and i don't know word for word how she said it but the way i say it is that the universe is always conspiring to get more of god's good into expression that's what i believe yeah and um, and I'm part of that. So the universe wants to express God's goodness through me. God wants to express God's goodness through me. That's that's what is happening in this place that we are. And so I I need that. I need that worldview to be able to trust. Right. If I know that everything is working together for good, ultimately for my highest good, your highest good, my dog's highest good, everyone's highest good because that is the goodness of God that I believe to be the power of the universe, then there are no mistakes, you know, and, and um, I just trust that. And it's worked really, really well for me for a long time. And it, that's what has allowed me to um, learn to let things come to me rather than trying to force them to happen. Yeah. I'm thinking of Sharon Salzberg as one of the meditation teachers I listen to. And she says, let the breath come to you. Like, don't be even chasing after the next breath. Just finish the breath that you're finishing and let the next breath come to you. And what I'm learning is that in a lot of ways, meditation is a metaphor for life. So you practice it for your five or 10 or 15 or whatever minutes that you're meditating. But what it's doing is it's teaching you a way to live. So if I can sit and for five minutes practice letting the breath come to me, then in the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of my life, I can practice letting life come to me and yeah. letting things, and, and it will, as long as I am doing the do, as we say, you know, doing my due diligence, whatever that is, doing the footwork, doing my prayer and meditation practice, doing my 12-step work, then the things that are meant for me will come to me and I can't miss them. It's impossible. 
um, because it's, this is what I was saying in my sermon on Sunday. If I missed it, then it wasn't for me. Yeah. If what I thought was my good didn't come to me, then it wasn't my good. And there's just this higher set. There's this sense that there is something higher operating that knows better than my small S self does, which is another way of saying what we say in the program, you know, um, I, I don't need to know, but God knows, or, um, all I need to know is God is, God is in charge and I'm not God, you know, which is a little bit different language than we use in unity. But the idea is that my small ego self doesn't know it all, doesn't have the 30,000 foot view, but my higher self, which is connected to the all in all does. And so I just have to keep trusting that. Yeah. And we haven't named it yet, but I'm, I'm reminded and we, we, and it's sort of the, the shape of our show here today that what this leads to is freedom. Yes. You know, it's, it leads to freedom and freedom from, you know, at a minimum freedom from anxiety, yeah. not a hundred percent. I don't mean to imply that, but freedom from a life that's based on anxiety, yeah. <laughs> put it that way. Um, you know, freedom from the idea that, that I'm, you know, I'm going to screw something up or I, I don't know what to do or, yeah. you know, I'm, I better be careful or I'm going to be in trouble because I'm going to, make a wrong choice or what, whatever yeah. this whole, the concept of doing the next right thing, which is very much a present moment practice, right? Yes, we can't absolutely. do the next right thing in advance. No. Just like I could not decide if it, if I was going to walk on the hot coals before I was standing there in that moment, yeah. o- only then would I have uh, access to that uh, wisdom, you know, that, that dwells within us. And so there's no reason to try and figure it out ahead of time, unless I'm afraid, right? Cause that's why I would want to figure it out ahead of time. Cause I'm afraid. Well, if I can just sort of take a breath and put that on hold and just trust that I, I will know what to do when the time comes. When and I if I don't, if I don't know, then that means I don't need to do yeah. whatever it is. Um, that might be. And so I've, I have come to think of um, holding things because, you know, I, I, there's this balance between sort of trying to force life to happen the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. And being, you know, I'm not talking about being a leaf in the wind either, you know, though there is a time for that. Um, But I can have a preference or a goal as long as I'm not making my life all about it. But the image that's been helpful to me is I hold, I hold a goal or I hold a preference like I would hold a small bird in my open hands, yeah. right? Knowing that if, if it is mine to do, then it will unfold. If it's not mine to do, then something different will unfold that will be better. Mm-hmm. And what I don't want to do is trying to hold on to that little bird in clench fist because right. I will kill it out of fear of um, losing it. And that, in a way, that describes a, a large part of the way I used to conduct my life was I was, you know, I was sort of killing all the life energy by, in my fear of losing something yeah. that I wanted. So just staying more open, holding things loosely is the yeah. way to, is the way to put it. It's like surfing. I've done a little bit of surfing sort of I'm a two week a year summer surfer on the beach and 
what I learned is, you know, the ocean's going to be doing whatever the ocean is doing on that day. And I might, I might choose to get in the water with my board or I may not. It might, the surf might be too small. It might be too big. I don't know, but I'm going to make a choice. And when I get out there, uh, my whole purpose in life is to get in tune with whatever is unfolding there. And if I'm starting to get frustrated, I know it's time to get out because I've sort of lost my perspective on the, on the whole reason that I'm doing this anyway. So you, you know, you see an opportunity in the form of a, of a wave coming. Um, I make the decision I'm going to go for it and try and ride that wave. I may make it, I may not. Um, you know, the wave picks me up. I stand up, I might fall down. I might not. And then I'm just trying to stay in that moment. On that wave, or, and I guarantee, you know, I'm not standing on a surfboard now, right? You can see me over Skype, and so what that well, means is... Well, I can only is, see you from the chest up. You <laughs> could technically be standing on one. Or what sitting that on means one. is every time I've ever stood on a surfboard, I have fallen off that board, yeah. right? Every single time. Yeah. That's so what? You know, is, am I going to fall off sooner or later? Who cares? You know, I'm about the, it's about the process and about sort of going with what is happening rather than trying to force my will on the ocean, which is clearly and obviously a foolish thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, even when waves don't look big, they outweigh me by yeah. an order of magnitude, even the small ones, you know, so... Anyway, that just came to mind that sort of holding a bird in open hands, not trying to clasp it in closed fists and and riding the wave that's there. Yeah. Or not, you know, or don't get in the water. That's fine, too. You know, but I get to make a I get to make a choice. Well, we've said a whole lot about this topic. So let's step way back if we can and see if we can find a concise way to sum all this up. So, Reverend Michelle, in a nutshell, if someone were to ask you, how do I know what the next right thing is? And if I don't know, how can I go about finding out? Yes, well, we've already talked about using prayer and meditation to seek the guidance of spirit and learning to access and trust that inner guidance, that inner knowing, some folks call intuition, paying attention to what's happening, what's showing up. I'd like to add one other thing here that I didn't have a chance to talk about. This is just for me, but I personally also pay attention to what other people are saying to me. Um, When I was debating going to seminary, a lot of people kept telling me, um, you, you, you should, you know, you look like when I would speak in front of the church, you know, they'd say, you look like such a minister or boy, you, you know, future minister. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? But it got in there and I paid attention, you know, and it's like, wow, people keep calling me a minister. That's interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. So it's just one more way of paying attention. What is being said to me? What are especially trusted people? I wouldn't just listen to what somebody on the street says, but people that know me and that trust me, what are they saying to me also? And of course, balancing that out with inner knowing. Yeah, being present in the moment is what I'm what I'm mm-hmm. hearing and taking it, taking in everything yep. that's happening and what letting is showing that all up. What is part. presenting itself? I yeah. like that. What is showing up? So if I were going to try and answer, how do I know what the next right thing is? And if I don't know, how can I go about it? My very first thought is just relax. And that's probably because that's what I needed to do first and foremost mm-hmm. is relax and learn to relax and realize this is not a race. 
I can live my life one day at a time and everything is fine. I don't need to hurry. I can um, begin the process of seeking internal guidance, learning it slowly over time as I go. Again, it's all about just like chill out, take a breath, let it unfold like you were sharing. Trust the process. And maybe, like I said, maybe the next right thing to do is nothing. Maybe a nap. And that Let might it, be in order. Well, that's that's often the next, right? No. That's what Jesus did. What would Jesus do? Take a nap. <laughs> he was asleep on a boat in a storm. Exactly. Come on. You could sleep. <laughs> so that's how I would go about it. Yeah. Well, we'd like to give you our affirmation for today, which is a wonderful one that we can always use when we are for you know faced with making a choice or making a decision. So we say, turning within, I connect with spirit and I am guided to what is mine to do. And once again, turning within, I connect with spirit and I am guided to what is mine to do. Well, it has happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery, and we are grateful. And I have to confess, we affirm that every week, but no one has ever told us if that's the case or not. <laughs> we're we're going to assume that it is because it makes us happy, it makes us smile, and it makes us not take ourselves too seriously. But we hope you have found something in all of our chatting that would be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, as always, for our fun discussion. And thank you to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. Listeners, remember, you can always connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Give us those comments with your thoughts and feedback. And as always, we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And please don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.